You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The outright regular season Big Ten champs get out of Madison with the tightest of wins, 63-61. What a game at the Kohl Center. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Wastrowski with you on this Friday. And joining us now is Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports. And Isaac, you just heard the call. Purdue wins 63-61 the final, but they do not cover last night. What? I want to get your opinion on this Purdue team. I'm invested. I bet a future on them to win it all. But ever since I did that, all they do is lose. So I'm really regretting that future right now. But can you give me any hope or is this just my money that I just lit on fire? I'm sorry, Aaron. I'm not really in on Purdue right now either right now. It's one of those things where I feel like the game plan on Purdue has kind of been unlocked and recently teams have been able to expose them a little bit. They've been trapping Zach Eady inside and then trying to make these role players hit threes. And recently, they have it. Last night, Purdue was four for 19 from three. Purdue still found a way to win just because they had elite efficiency at the rim and Wisconsin stinks. And that ends up helping them um, pull out with the outright Big Ten championship. So big win for Purdue. Uh, but this is a team that, you know, I still have a lot of concerns about in March because it feels like they have to play one style away on both ends of the floor to win. And if we've learned anything in March, it feels like the teams that can play different styles and have different game plans for the six different games that they need to win to, to win it all are the ones that are most successful. And, and that's where I'm a little bit nervous about with Purdue and their future in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah certainly understandable. If you look at last night, yeah, they won. It's conference game on the road. Okay, cool. But matchup-wise, you would have expected them to dominate uh, as they're trying to, to get things figured out here at the end of the regular season. Uh, let's look at this weekend. And one that certainly pops to everyone, you've got to start with the Big 12, right? We've got Kansas and Texas. If we're looking at uh, the Ken Palm line, they've got this as the Longhorns favored by two. Uh, how do you attack the Jayhawks and Longhorns going at it on Saturday? Yeah, this is a huge game, and I think it's one of those situations where you're going to see both of these teams go small. Kansas has played small all year long. They have a 6-7 starter at the 5, K.J. Adams, and even with a small ball lineup, Kansas is one of the elite. No. <laughs> yes. Kansas when you look at Texas on the other. <laughs> Sorry, he's back. 
You guys still there? You good? Yeah, yeah. we lost you for about seven choppy. seconds. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. Yeah, basically Kansas and Texas, they're both going to play small. And so you're going to see a situation where Kansas is, is fine playing small. They have K.J. Adams at the five. And Texas is also good with playing small. The thing with Texas that's been really interesting so far this year is that they went into the transfer portal. They get Tyrese Hunter, who was one of the top transfer guys in the country at Iowa State. Everyone thought he might be a Big 12 Player of the Year contender. He's actually not been that great for them. Serge Jabari Rice, the kid out of New Mexico State, has been arguably their best player coming off the bench so far this season. So I look at this Texas team. They're desperate. But Kansas has the best coach in the country. Bill Self has proven time and time again that he's one of the elite coaches in college basketball. Kansas was 17 Big 12 championships in the last 20 years. That's an historical mark. And Rodney Terry, there's a lot of questions about him. Yeah, he's done a really great job this year stepping in for Chris Beard in a really tough situation. But at the end of the day, like, he's still an interim coach. I think we've seen, and kind of the reporting from behind the scenes, is Texas is a little bit wary to give him the head coaching job. So that's a very interesting dynamic that Texas is working with so far right now. And I, I think Kansas is going to find a way to get this done just because I think they have a huge coaching advantage. And this is a team that's so desperate to prove that why they're the number one overall seed. If they can get the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, you're talking about getting to play in Kansas City. You're talking about getting to have a chance to have a ton of fans there. Like, this is really important to them. Bill Self has talked about it often. And I think they just match up well with Texas on paper. Their guards are a little bit bigger. Dewan Harris has been playing at an elite level. I don't think Texas's pressure is necessarily going to give him too much trouble. And when, when he scores more than four points this year, Kansas is undefeated. It's one of the stats of the year so far. Wow, I love that. Gonzaga is one of my favorite teams. Bet on them every year, except this year. And now I'm kicking myself because they're getting hot at the right time. And I'm like, oh, man, they don't have all the hype like they have in the last few years. They still have Drew Timmy. Do you think that they could actually make a run here in the tournament this year? Absolutely, I do. I think this is a Gonzaga team I wasn't in on for a while just because of the defense. You're talking about one of the Mark Few's worst defensive teams in the last 15 years. I think they rank 89th in defensive efficiency this season on Ken Palm. And it's still a team, though, when you go into the big dance, you have to score. You have to create offense. You have to create something when there's nothing, and Gonzaga can do that. And it's not just mm -hmm. Drew Timmy this year. I like some of the guys that they had. Their supporting pieces have really stepped up. Julian Strother, a junior, 6'7", 205 pounds, hit, has hit 68 threes this year, shooting over 42% from three. He can go get his. I think you're still seeing all of these guys buy into their roles. It was still a, a team that was trying to figure out some new pieces in that backcourt, and they've started to get really comfortable lately. Nolan Hickman's playing a little bit better. Malachi Smith, a big-time Chattanooga transfer, is starting to prove himself. He has experience on the biggest of stages, like we saw last year in the NCAA tournament. So I like where this Gonzaga team is trending. They just beat a really good St. Mary's team to earn a share of the West Coast Conference title for feels like the 25th year in a row. And so this is a Gonzaga team that's heading into March feeling really good about themselves. Yep. One against two in the Pac-12 on Saturday. Another mega matchup. You've got UCLA against Arizona. UCLA has not lost at home all season long. Uh, the Ken Palm line has this up to seven. UCLA minus seven. Uh, what, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I like UCLA in this spot. Uh, I, I think okay. that Arizona is a team that's been very – inconsistent this year. I'm not really buying them in the NCAA tournament just because their backcourt could be a little bit small. We've seen some of their defensive issues up front. When you're playing two bigs, they have Azulis to Bellis. 
uh, up front uh, along with Umar Balo. Two bigs at the same time, that's been a little bit inconsistent. It's, it's tough for um, Arizona to keep up with teams that can go small. And I like where, I, I like where UCLA is trending lately, too. Jaime Hawkins, one of my favorite players in the country, I, you could mm-hmm. argue he should be a national player of the year com- in, in the national player of the year conversation. Zach Eady's just kind of running away with it with absurd numbers. But Mick Cronin's teams in March have been automatic lately. And I think what you're talking about with this team is Tiger Campbell's playing a lot better lately. Jalen Clark has been one of the most improved players in college basketball. But Adam Bona has been a huge, huge boost for them. This is a freshman big man that valued recruit. Everybody was in on him. At the beginning of the year, it was a little rocky. He's starting to get better and better. I think he has one of his coming out parties on Saturday where he's able to show against a really good Arizona front line that he can hang with some of the best big men in college basketball. And this is a UCLA team that does struggle to score. That scares me a touch against an Arizona team that's going to get offense. But UCLA always makes you play at their pace. Arizona was able to win the last time they were there. I think it was 58-52. But it was a grinder game. Like That was the type of game that UCLA wants to play. And I trust Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell to get the job done in, in cl- close late-game situations. When it gets close, when it gets tight, I'm still not sure Arizona can generate offense from its guards, from its backcourt. They kind of have to go through the post. And, and that's the thing that scares me in March. I think t- uh, Tiger Campbell, Jaime Jaquez, those two guys, you know you can give them the ball with seven seconds left on the shot clock, and you're going to probably get a really good look. I'm not sure Arizona has that guy on the perimeter this year. What's been your overall take on Alabama? Uh, do you think they're going to be able to overcome some of the off-the-court distractions? I know they haven't been shooting very well. It seems like that won't last forever. What is their ceiling? Their ceiling is they could win the national title. Like On certain nights, they're the most talented team in college basketball. They're the deepest team in college basketball. You have one of the best players in the country in Brandon Miller. Uh, and then I love the fact that they can have a different number two every single night. Like we talked about with six different game plans to win a title. I think Alabama can have that. They can play draft defense uh, against ball screens. They can switch everything. They can play small. They can play big. And so, like, those different lineups that, that NATOs can trot out there is really intriguing. But at the end of the day, I just don't know how a situation like this doesn't impact them. This is a tragic mm-hmm. situation. Five-year-old doesn't have a mom anymore. A 23-year-old woman with a ton of life ahead of her is dead. Alabama's entwined in this, whether they like it or not. It's tough. Like, this is a really, really hard situation. And so when you have all the constant pressure, all the questions, like, it's going to be very hard for Brandon Miller not to talk to the media during the NCAA tournament with the open Mm -hmm. locker room and multiple times where he's going to have to face questions about this. We still haven't heard from him. Like, all of these things are going to factor into this. So I I think Alabama, with the right draw, could absolutely make the Final Four make a ton of noise. But this is a young team who has to endure a really, really tough situation. And I just don't know how it doesn't impact them when one of their teammates is going to face capital murder charges. Yeah. With Isaac Trotter, CBS Sports, this is Joe Ostrowski here in Hawksworth. BetQL Daily previewing a college basketball big weekend for most of the conferences, the Power Five ones. Uh, they come to close before we get to conference tournaments and you know speaking about Alabama what about the team that was on the losing end the other night on Wednesday Auburn that that was rough they blew a 17 point lead end up losing it in overtime I don't know if you saw Bruce Pearl he was screaming about the referees on the uh the local radio right after the game just screaming about it because he knew like this we we were right there we were right there if we would have pulled it out it felt that they would have been in, and I and I would agree. But now they've got Tennessee this weekend. How do you think Auburn responds? I mean, this is a team, Isaac, 
that, you know, not the most impressive resume, but they're competing in a lot of, a lot of these games. In our world, we like it because they're covering point spreads. No, no, definitely. And Auburn is super competitive. You look, though, they don't really have that great win. Like, what's their best win this year? Northwestern? Like, Arkansas, yeah. maybe? Like, those, those are the type of conversations that you're having so far. And this is a team that's reeling uh, ever since late January. They've only won three games. I think they're three and nine off the top of my head is, is what I think since late January. So this is still an Auburn team, though, that you go into Tennessee. This is an interesting spot. Tennessee just lost their starting point guard, Zakai Ziegler, to a season-ending ACL injury. That's a devastating blow for them. Like, Tennessee does not have a lot of ball handlers. And when you lose Ziegler, that forces guys to take over in point guard roles that haven't really had it all season long. And Auburn, on the other hand, is going to get up in you. They're going to try to heat you up. They're going to try to turn you over and get up in your grill and, and play really, really tough, aggressive defense. And I think that that's a situation where this matchup against Tennessee, who's going to play big, they're going to have guys handling the ball that aren't the most comfortable with it. That's where these Auburn quick guards could have some advantages on the defensive end if they can contain the basketball and keep Tennessee to contested twos. And when you do that, Tennessee can keep you in the game because their offense can be really, really iffy. So I like where Auburn is going to be in this, in this matchup. I like this matchup for them from a size perspective. Tennessee's size won't overwhelm them at all. It just comes down to this guard play. And Auburn's guard play all year has been very hit or miss. When they're really, really good, it's, it's really pretty. When they're, when they're bad, it gets really ugly. And Last time they played Tennessee was an absolute rock fight. 46-43 was the final score in that game. I kind of expect yeah. something similar. I don't think any of these teams are going to be, you know, clicking on all cylinders offensively. So I would look at the under in that side. And, and then mm-hmm. if you also want to want to look at certain things. I think Wendell Green in ball screens is going to be an interesting one to two against Tennessee because this Tennessee defense, one of the elite teams in pick and roll defense, if they're forcing turnovers, Wendell Green is, is maybe overwhelmed by that length. He could be in for a really rough night. So you could also look at potentially if you have a points line for him, maybe his under his points there too, because you know he's going to get shots up, but there's also times where he doesn't shoot for long stretches. You can kind of take him out of the offense. So if this is a low possession game and he's going to be taking low percentage shots, I think there's some, there's some value on his under there as well. How do you think Kentucky matches up with Arkansas? Ken Palm has Arkansas winning by five tomorrow. Big, big time game for both teams. Uh, Arkansas is very inconsistent this year. Nick Smith Jr. back in the lineup, a five-star number one overall player in the class of 2023. And this is a Kentucky team. I think all eyes right now are on if Kaysen Wallace plays. He's one of the best freshmen in college basketball, too. Kentucky's efficiency with Wallace on the floor compared to when he's off is just drastic. He's arguably their most important player just with his defense. He's one of the premier perimeter defenders. I think if Wallace plays and he's expected to play, he will get the assignment on Nick Smith Jr. And this is an Arkansas team that can fly around. They have a lot more length. I think this is going to be a battle on the boards, too. You have an Arkansas team that has uh, – you you could see 6'7 at the 2, 6'6 at the 3, 6'8 at the 4, a 7-footer inside. Like, you can play a huge, huge lineup that Arkansas has. And so they won't be intimidated at all by Oscar Shibway and Jacob Toppin and and what Kentucky can do. And at the end of the day, for Kentucky, the thing all year long is – can they make threes? Can Antonio Reeves make threes? Can C.J. Frederick make threes? And when they do, Kentucky's really tough. When they don't, they're going to be in a dogfight. And this is an Arkansas squad that's been really elite for most of the season defensively, 11th in defensive efficiency, teams shooting just 31% on threes against them. I expect, them, I expect Arkansas to come out with a lot of fire 
after back-to-back losses. They had Alabama on the ropes and gave it away. They weren't very good against Tennessee. I think they play really well against Kentucky at home. This is an Arkansas team that's been great at home for the most part this year. And if Kentucky's a little bit banged up and their guards are knocking down shots from the perimeter, I think Arkansas's defense could really force Kentucky into a, a really rough showing. Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports, thank you so much for your insight. Phenomenal. Love having you on. Good luck this weekend. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We take a further look at the loaded college hoops card. This is the BetQL Network.